Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Tuesday, January 12th here on the Locked On Coyotes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Raul Leonio, here to get you ready for, well, opening night against the San Jose Sharks only a couple more days. In fact, only one more day until the NHL as a a league returns. So close, so exciting. Here on this episode, we will get to... um, some of the stuff getting ready for that new staff news regarding the Arizona Coyotes. We got some waiver wire information and we got some contract signing information all coming up on today's show. Once again, like I said, my name is Rob Leonio. I have been covering the Tucson Roadrunners and Arizona Coyotes on fire for howling for the last four years or so. And to help me talk with today's topics, I brought back Managing editor of FiveForHowling.com, Carl Pavlik. Carl, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Great to be back. It's good to have you back, and especially with, again, only a couple days until the NHL season. Personally, for you, how how excited are you for for uh, hockey to finally be back? It's it's weird um, because I'm so used to all of the things that go into hockey coming back. Uh, I'm used to training camp. I'm used to like even prospect development camp. So I don't know how much it's actually sunk in yet that it's so close. Like you said that it's a couple days. I was like, oh yeah, it is. I have to keep reminding myself that it's it's almost here. Um, and I don't know if that's just the times we're living in right now or if it's really just like you don't have all those pre-steps because hockey's a ritual. Everything's a ritual when it comes to hockey and there's so much that we're not getting this year. And I think a lot of that was the distraction too with uh with World Juniors and then everything else. There was there was no hockey for a while, so there was like, oh, this is the only hockey we got. And then right away training camp starts and it's like, whoa. Yeah. That's a shocker. Like, first of all, like the NHL season coming after the World Juniors, that's not how that's supposed to go. Um and yeah, it's really kinda Coming up quickly, uh, which makes sense. Like a couple of weeks ago, they were talking about having to do like a new CBA negotiation. Things are definitely moving quickly right now. Moving quickly indeed. And let's get right to some of the news that uh, of things that count that heck that came quickly out of nowhere. And that is Carl. That the captain is back. Let's get let, let's uh, let's have you explain a little bit more about that. Sure. Um, so today, kind of out of nowhere, um, the Coyotes announced that longtime captain Shane Doan had been hired to serve as the chief hockey development officer. He's going to be reporting directly to the president and CEO, Xavier Gutierrez, um, and will serve as a strategic advisor to owner, chairman, and governor Alex Morello and general manager Bill Armstrong. It really did come out of nowhere. I think a lot of people had been expecting the team to do something with Doan, um, especially, I hate to say it like this because we don't really know what the relationship is exactly, but especially after the leaving of John Chaka, like there was a, a lot of hype about Shane Doan possibly coming back. 
but I don't think anyone expected it to just come out of nowhere a couple of days before the start of the season. Yeah, and I, I think that's the thing that shocked everyone because uh, it was everyone was focused on training camp. Everyone was listening in to what Rick Taka had to say about, you know, is this team ready? And there was the the news just over the weekend of Jay Verde, the Roadrunners coach, being named to an assistant in the NHL. So all this stuff, you know, from the Coyotes' perspective, because, you know, start rolling in, and then all of a sudden the Shane Doan news comes out of nowhere. And everyone's happy because uh, I was reading the tweet that the Coyotes put out, essentially where it says, you know, you can call him the face of our franchise. We call him the heart of our franchise. And I think that, you know, that's, I think that's definitely an accurate statement regarding, you know, the uh, the guy who spent literally his entire career with the Coyotes organization. Yeah, the the ending of Shane Doan's time in Arizona is always going to be a sore spot for Coyotes fans. You can argue it from a player position um, that the team kind of wanted to move on to a player who admittedly was getting a little bit older, but most people did not like the way it was done, um, especially at the time, like before this happened. Like, it's kind of weird to say in, in a year where we're seeing um, Zadeo Chara playing for the Capitals and Henrik Lundqvist not with the Rangers. Like, back then, Doan being forced out, essentially, was completely unthinkable. And there was always this expectation that there's going to be reconciliation eventually. Doan is more important than anything else with the franchise because he's been there the longest. For fans, uh, a lot of fans, he is the Coyotes. Uh, So it's great to have him back. It's great to kind of see that that's come full circle. And in ideal worlds, he would have, you know, spoken with the, you know, with the team and they would have come to a mutual decision and he would have immediately gotten started with the coyotes that didn't happen. He ended up uh, working for the NHL for a couple of years, but he's back now and that's the most important thing. So let's get into that, uh, that t- position title again. Um, what exactly does that mean? And you said he's working, you know, directly under, um, on, under the, uh, the president, but what is really his role within within this team? Um, I'm not entirely sure. Um, and I think that's going to depend a lot on what Bill Armstrong is going to have us do in the next couple seasons. If he is in charge of hockey development and the team decides that they're going to go into a full rebuild, I imagine he's going to be doing a lot. Uh, if he's in charge of hockey development and the team decides like, hey, we can kind of keep doing what we're doing a little bit more, wait till our players improve, he may not have to do that much. Uh, unfortunately, we don't really know what the plan, what Bill Armstrong's plan is yet, so it makes it hard to know what anything is going to be. Uh, it's kind of going to be one of those wait-and-see We'll probably know more midway through the season. You know, that's part of the uh, kind of the question that I, that, that I posed to uh, to people yesterday on the uh, on the on the show when talking about Jay Verity's position too. You know, when he got promoted over to the NHL job as an assistant as an assistant coach, but what exactly was it 
was it? Um, of course, my speculation was he'd be working with the taxi squad, and we'll talk be talking more about that later. This is something different. Um, maybe he maybe he will work alongside Jay Verity for this season. I don't know, and maybe and I don't I don't think any of us really know the full details at this point. But I think everyone is just super excited to see that news again that the captain has returned to Arizona. Yeah, and I mean. You gotta remember, he's been working at the NHL for a long time. It's possible he doesn't even want to do something on ice. He could want to do something like more front office. We don't know. Um, and it, hopefully, you know, his talks with uh, owner Alex Morello, with Armstrong, um, with uh, Mr. Gutierrez, like they kind of have a position, and he's doing what he wants to do and doing what he can to help the team, whatever that is, and more than happy to to have him just go and get to work. I and and I I think to me the most important part about this uh, uh, this hire as bringing him in is it was is the Coyotes really focusing on the identity of the you know of, of their region because again he was you know Phoenix Coyotes Arizona Coyotes huge part of that trying to bring. Bring back that identity of, you know, they're the Arizona Coyotes, and it seems the way that they want to stay there for a long time. Yeah, Arizona, it's always going to have relocation rumors, I think. Um, but having Doan there is really a sign that they're embracing the fans. Like I said before, for so many people in the Valley and beyond, Shane Doan is the Coyotes. And if you're making that kind of commitment to him, that's a big commitment in a lot of people's minds. So many people were so angry at how, how things ended with him. And I have to imagine they're, they're happy to see him in ways that we can't even imagine, um, especially for those people who feel like deep down, like it's Doan and now Doan's back. And that's, amazing and every fan should be happy and i'm sure everyone is i'm sure everyone is as well um and um one thing that i'll say is it it kind of kind of tied things back is when i was mentioning earlier about the whole uh signing everything like that we're glad that he's back but we have other stuff to talk about so we have signings and we have uh waiver stuff to do and which we'll do that in just a sec but first, I do want to talk to you guys about rockauto.com. I know this might be, maybe it could be just me, but I know there's a lot of you guys out there who probably get super frustrated when you go to an auto parts store and try to get a repair part for your car and either it's super expensive, A, or B, they don't have that part at that specific location or just in general and they don't have it at this specific location, they're like, oh, it's at the other store about you know 20 miles across town. Are you really going to want to do that? No. That's where rockauto.com comes into place. You can just go on their website, put your car information on there, and it has everything listed of what will exactly fit your car. And I mean exactly to the fit. The best part is their prices are unbeatable. Like I said last week, that I went... To- ahead and looked at a spare a a pair of spark plugs for my car and i probably saved about 50 percent of what i would have paid if i went to one of those chain stores 
in in my area. So you can go ahead and do that to you guys. Go ahead and go to rockauto.com right now and put in your car information to see what is available for your car or truck. And when you're there, and if you decide to purchase something, write in that locked on sent you and the how did you hear about us box. Again, go ahead and go to rockauto.com and check out those amazing deals at all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And now let's go ahead and talk about some uh, roster news in the Arizona Coyotes where uh, we have a, a signing and sub- sorry, uh, eventual waiver shortly after for other purposes, which we'll talk about in just a bit. But the Coyotes had signed uh, Frederick Gauthier to a one-year contract. Carl, uh, what, are some, what are some things that we had to know about this contract? Sure. Uh, so Frederick Gauthier came into the team on a uh, professional tryout contract, which is was one of the more interesting stories to see. We didn't have too many this season, um, and he impressed enough that he earned himself a contract, which is always great. Uh, it's currently being reported that he would make seven hundred thousand in the NHL. 150,000 in the AHL or on the taxi squad. Uh, previously comes to the team, uh, last played for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, uh, what 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 do you really know about this guy? I mean, maybe you can maybe you got a chance to look at his stats, but uh, is like of course you know he had to go through a professional tryout. So I'm assuming, uh, you know. He's again one of those guys who's probably fringe NHLer. Yeah, he definitely kind of gives off that impression. Uh, a guy you can kind of put into your fourth line if need be. Uh, he's a bigger guy. Uh, I see that. Let's see. He's six foot five, two hundred and thirty-five pounds. So if Taka decides they needs a little bit more grit, a little bit more sandpaper, he's you know someone to throw in there. Uh, He's also just, especially this season, it's a good idea to keep around extra bodies. If you can keep around centers, that's all the better. Uh, he's uh, got 168 games over the past five years, which, you know, not the best. But 131 of those came in the past two seasons. So he's definitely kind of was more of a presence than he was in the beginning, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, you know, it's good to have an extra pair of centers, no matter what. I think that was, you know, that's especially the case for Arizona, because you know, I mean, I'm not saying they have bad centers or anything. I mean, they got some solid centers out there, but I think you know the center position was probably close to one of their weaknesses in the last. Uh, you know, when they tried to make that playoff run, it just wasn't deep enough. You know, I this signing in Gautier again probably not going to be. You know, right there on the roster, it's gonna. It's, he's got a two-way contract, but you know, it's enough depth to say, hey, maybe we can slot him in at any one point. Yeah, the Coyotes really have a lot of question marks when it's coming to centers, um, and I think it could definitely turn out well. But you want to keep your options open. Uh, from what I've been seeing in training camp, they've been playing Nick Schmaltz at center, which I honestly am in favor of. He's not the best with faceoffs, but the team's been playing him at wing a lot, and I think he could really do better at center with uh, Clayton Keller. 
and the team's also really, you know, we don't know yet what Barrett Hayton is going to be able to do. Is he going to immediately step into a center role? Is he going to have to spend some time at, at wing? Is he going to have to spend some time in Tucson? So there's a lot of questions. It's really kind of a no-brainer sounding like this. If you use him, great, he's there. If you don't need him, all right, it costs you $150,000. Yeah, and uh, that's I think that's that's the most important part is you know, uh, if you don't use him, he can easily be on the taxi squad and, you know, not use at all. Or you're just like, hey, if you want to play, Tucson's about 100 miles south of us, right? <laughs> yeah. Or, like, it could be something where, I don't know, we're going to probably have to deal with more injuries this year just with it being an alleviated schedule. Maybe the team kind of wants to prevent that by having, you know, players sub in more. I This season is going to be very strange and I don't think we really know what kind of moves are going to be required two months from now and I like the fact that the team's just keeping their options open yeah I was looking at some of his stats uh last year I mean I mean the last two years yeah he played he had a quite a bit of games 70 games 61 games so that's the that's the bulk of his games played you know 21 games in 2016 17 but um I mean yeah it's Based off of what, what everything's seen is, you know, is based off the contract information and based off what everyone seems to be his role is going to be. It really is like, a, like there really isn't a lose situation for Arizona having him on the roster. Yeah. These kind of moves, they're never make or break. It's never going to be like a, a splashy signing, but they're very important. You'll often see people be like, oh, it's another fringe center. Do we need another one? And I don't know. Not until you need one are you really going to know that. It's always better to have something and not need it versus need something and not have it, especially centers. It is one of the most important positions in the game, especially amongst forwards. Uh, It feels a little bit redundant to say, but they can move to wing if they need to. You're not necessarily going to want to have your wing move to center. It's it's good to have him. Um, and it'll be kind of interesting to see what he can do. Like, he spent some time with the Maple Leafs. He's good enough for that squad. Yeah, he could be an interesting player. Plus, there's also the, uh, the talk that, we were, that you were just mentioning earlier when it came to when you're talking about centers and you're saying, uh, you know, Nick Schmaltz isn't the best on faceoffs. I, you know, I haven't got a chance to look at the full tape on whether or not Gautier is good at faceoffs, but maybe he is. Maybe he is good for faceoffs at that fourth line spot. So, you know, those are things that we just have to watch out for as this not only training camp uh, continues, but you know, as the season progresses to see what you know what kind of role he's going to play with that uh, with faceoffs. Yeah, he could be. the player that I always like to think of is Goyd Borden. Um, or, sorry, Boyd Gordon. Don't know how that happened. Um, but he was just a fourth-line guy who could do who could do face-offs. And if you needed an important face-off, just put him out there. He's defensively responsible. He can do face-offs. That is a specialty role in the NHL. Um, and it is a great role to have on your team. 
He's not going to be the guy who gets the Stanley Cup first, but he's going to help you get there. Uh, look, a couple years back, the big knock against uh, the Colorado Avalanche, which unfortunately they fixed, is that they had no depth, that they just had the top line and everything beyond that was you know, not there. This isn't a signing that's like going to be on the third or the second line. Maybe he play, plays a little bit on the third. Maybe he's just on the fourth. But he's going to be a guy who's there. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I like to tell people this is not a breaker. This is not you know a mo a, a movement shaker. It's one of those signings that would easily fly under the radar if you're not if if you're like a casual fan. If you're one of those diehard fans and you're paying attention to depth and what's necessary on a roster, you'll realize that this was a super necessary pick and. Uh, you know, just congratulations to uh, to Gautier on you know getting his contract, and um, you know, I mean, obviously he was waived, so we'll see what happens from there. But you know, he's at, at least shows that uh, he's he's good enough for a spot. Yeah, and if you're willing to you know sign a PTO, compete, earn a spot, like there are definitely players that don't. Your PTO is not a guarantee for a roster spot unless you're Mike Hoffman. Um, so that shows he's definitely got some fight in him. Absolutely. Hey, and, and you know what? I think, and, uh, uh, we were talking about him being wavered in a sec. Let's actually talk about some of the other waivers that happened, uh, taxi squad related or roadrunners related, depending on which way you want to look at it. But first, a couple things, guys with 2020 mercifully over, it's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, Listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcast. And speaking of bets, if you are, again, betting this year, there is only one place that has you covered and one place that we at Locked On Podcast trust, and that is betonline.ag. BetOnline, again, is, has everything you need when it comes to sports betting all, with, all in one place. With the NFL playoffs continuing, you can go ahead and bet on that. On games, not but not just games, futures, player props, any things like that. If you want to bet on this upcoming season for the uh, Arizona Coyotes and say that Darcy Kemper is going to have a higher than a 92% save percentage, I don't know, I'm, I forgot exactly what it was, so I'm, I'm you know guessing on that. You can bet on that. That information is actually on there on betonline.ag. So guys, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in the action and don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And now it's time to talk the final bit of stuff here on this episode on this wonderful Tuesday, a couple days before opening night on Locked On Coyotes. And that is some of the waiver stuff, other rostered nitty gritty stuff that you know, a lot of people won't pay attention to, but I think this year it's even more important, Carl, that we mention this stuff because we have a taxi squad implemented now. So you have extra players who can who will be following the team. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's going to be interesting what the team decides to do with that taxi squad. Yeah, and you know, we we really don't know about that because. Um, well, every team is going to be doing something different with the tactic squad as, um, 
is are they going to, you know, rotate players in and out? Obviously, you have, um, you know, you have a waiver stuff. And if you have a, a guy on like, uh, and he's not two way or he's waiver eligible, then you have to wave him up and down. That's not going to work. But if you got guys who are on like on two way contracts and everything like that, then these guys can be moved up and down, called up at any time. You know, if a player gets COVID, they can come up. Um, and whatever it is, this is a different year and this is going to be so different. So the Coyotes put these players, Carl, on, uh, on waivers. Uh, they, uh, prob- probably by the time everyone is listening to this episode, they will have cleared waivers and sent either again, either down the Tucson or to the taxi squad. Those players from the Coyotes are Michael Bunting, Michael Chaput, Hudson Fashing, Freddie Gauthier, who we mentioned earlier, Dryden Hunt, Dyson Mayo, Aaron Ness, Lane Peterson, and Blake Spears. No surprises, really, on my end. How about you? Well, no, not really. Uh, the signing of Freddie Gauthier and then immediately waving him makes sense in that that's how that would have to work. Um, but... I wasn't necessarily expecting that just because it's not necessarily a move you see too often. Um, the only other thing I could really be surprised by is Aaron Ness. I thought maybe he was a dark horse candidate to make the team. Um, looks like he's going down, which isn't the most surprising thing, but I'd say he's the most, the biggest surprise of the list. Here's the surprise to me. And it's not about a player whose name is on here. It's a player whose name is not. I don't know why I'm calling it a surprise. Maybe it's because of the the dynamic that this player uh, was a part of the roster ish the last couple years, and that's Kyle Capobianco. I've always expected him to kind of be that fringe guy who was almost good enough, but the moment he made he he played a game in the NHL, he would either get injured or just wasn't good enough and get sent right back down. He's not. His name is not on this list so far. So I so so far. He survived. Doesn't mean he's going to, because again, there's still a couple of days left to training camp. But so far, he survived, and that seems pretty promising for the defenseman. Oh yeah, definitely promising for him. I, I do think it's important to point out. I do not believe Victor Soderstrom is with the team yet. Um, so there is kind of a spot for defenseman. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that. But Kyle Capobianco is definitely one of the more interesting players that the Coyotes have. He, like you said, always seems on the cusp of being of making it, and it's it's always kind of something that comes up. A lot of people are wondering if this is his year or if next year is his year when like everything gets cleaned out. Um, but but yeah, I, the, that one's definitely kind of a a bit of a surprise. Um, we do have more cuts coming, so it's not like he's on the team yet, though. Yeah, and that's a, and that's and that's why I was saying it's too it's 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 a bit premature to say that, but at the same time, like I said, it's promising that he wasn't a part of these first cuts. Oh, especially yeah, any kind of the further you get, the better it is, and, and that's just common sense. So the fact that he's sticking around that is that is really interesting. Uh, I will say that we do have more players being waived than we have actual taxi spots. So again, like we don't know what exactly the team's plan is with these with this role. If it had been just like 
uh, what, the five players that can go on there and they waive five players, we could be like, oh, okay, there's the taxi waves. But I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, Lane Peterson is a player that's whose name's kind of come up. I think we talked about him last week. Is it going to be on the taxi squad or do they want him in the Tucson? Like, get nice time. Not really sure. You know, Lane Peterson, at least for me, you know, him being the, uh, I think, I believe last year he was the captain of the Tucson Roadrunners. So I think they, uh, you know, they might want to keep him down there for leadership purposes. You need a leader down there, especially with um, Jay Verity, the head coach, being back, being up in Glendale with the Coyotes now with a uh, yet to be named interim head coach in Tucson. Uh, if you want to know about who I think is going to replace and, and be the interim, you can listen to my last episode. I'll give you a little bit of a, of a uh, spoiler on that. I am heavily interested in Steve Popvan. Um, but so that's my that, that's that's my two cents on Lane Peterson. And I think really, Carl, I, I think the majority of these players on this first bit of cuts are going to be headed to Tucson. Yeah, I could see that. Um, uh, I think probably the team uh, acquired Dryden Hunt the during the off season, and to me that kind of gives them a better chance of being a, a taxi player. I could see uh, Freddie Gauthier being a taxi player. It it honestly would not, or it honestly wouldn't surprise me if any of the others uh, were sent down to. Tucson, um, and again maybe Aaron Ness, but that's all about how they uh, want to play him and how they think he uh, he's going to be best utilized. Aaron Ness got called up at one point, and I think he got sent back down after like two games. Um, Blake Spears was a guy who was you know uh, he was a part of the Taylor Hall trade, and it was mostly meant to be a minor league deal, so meant to stay down there. Um, I'm interested to see what, uh, Michael Chaput and, um, Michael Bunting, really, I think those two are where they're going to end up. Are they going to be back in Tucson or are they going to be taxi squad? Yeah. I mean, Ness played 24 games with the team last year. He only had one assist, which was a bit surprising considering, uh, his 2018, 2019 year with the Hershey bears. He had 55 points, um, I think there was kind of a hope that he would be able to transfer that AHL defense um, and offense from it to the NHL level. There's unfortunately just guys who are going to be great in the AHL. They're not going to be able to do it in the NHL for a variety of reasons. The biggest just being the, the talent gap. AHL players are still amazingly talented players, but there's the next level. I mean, AHL is the uh, the sec- probably you know the second biggest, the, the second highest professional sports uh, hockey league in North America, and you can say it's you know pretty close to probably even the second highest in within the world. The KHL obviously is re- is definitely up there too, but um, there's a lot, of, really a lot of ways you can look at it. But I mean, it will be interesting to see as these rosters, as the roster develops, and as the um. Uh, as as these extra cuts come, as more cuts come in, because really, what is it? Uh, you have twenty 
25 players on the uh, on the active roster plus I want to say what six taxi squad. Am I right with that? Uh, I believe so. Four to six players. Four to six, yeah. Again, everything's changing this season, so it's always best to check and make sure, um, especially when you're like us and you're following the news and you see, like, oh, is it going to be this amount proposed? Is it going to be this amount? And you remember just seven different stories about what it's actually going to be. Yeah. It's all over the place. But we will try to get you guys as much information as we can Throughout this week, again, um, tomorrow's episode, we will probably go more into some of the ex- into some of the cuts, as well as on um, Thursday's episode, very special episode. We'll be having a a guest from Locked On Sharks to help us preview the opening series between Arizona and San Jose. Again, that's coming up just this Thursday, just a couple days away. And if you guys have yet to listen already, remember, it's not too late to listen to the Lockdown NHL Season Preview Series on the Lockdown NHL Podcast. Get intel on all 31 teams and fantasy waiver wire odds from Lockdown Fantasy Hockey. Subscribe to Lockdown NHL wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, that is just going to be it for today on this episode of Lockdown Coyotes. Once again, thanks to Carl Pavlik for joining us on today's episode. Again, he uh, hope to have him as a regular guest. I hope to have, uh, you know, you heard Eric Clark last week as well. Hope to him have him regular. And again, you will hear from a lot of plenty of guests. And as a reminder, I want to hear from you guys too. Go ahead and tweet at me at RobLiano1. And any question you have, I will answer them on a future episode of Locked on Coyotes. And again, if you have yet to already also... Don't forget to subscribe and leave a good review of this podcast if you enjoyed what you heard here today. Again, from Rob Leonio, Carl Pavlik as a guest, thanks for listening here on Locked on Coyotes. We'll see you next time.